This episode of To The Last Drop is sponsored by the Listen Audio app, where you can stream all your favorite radio stations, you can catch up on all the latest news and entertainment, and dive into captivating podcasts like this one, all in the same app. Download Listen, that's L-I-S-T-N, from the App Store or Google Play. The Listen Audio app, everywhere you are. It's time for To The Last Drop podcast with Liam Delcom and Brandon Nell. We're back. It's to the last drop. It's uh, Sevens Week in Cape Town and a uh, European Cup action coming up. With me is Liam Delcom, as always. Liam, morning. And uh, we've got another guest here from SA Rugby, uh, Marlon Kruger here. And Marlon's uh, going to talk to us a bit about the Sevens. So welcome, guys. Thank you. Great to be here, guys. Marlon, I think let's start with uh, with the, the question I'm going to ask you is, is what is your official title so I can just tell people who you're talking to? Uh, Brendan, I like to just call it uh, plain and simple marketing manager. Uh, but uh, SA Rugby's got a very long and fancy uh, name, Senior Manager Brand and Marketing. Awesome. That's to distinguish you from who? From uh, all of the other important people at SA Rugby, <laughs> <laughs> like the young Borghardt. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> well, well, I take it your your laptop still was at the office. You didn't. Get, you weren't one of the people targeted in the uh, the recent robbery. Of rugby. Yeah, the great no. heist of twenty twenty three. Yeah, I've managed to survive. There were a few unlucky ones, but yeah, we yeah. all came out reasonably unscathed. So all good, man. It's obviously sevens week this week. It's a huge week uh, in Cape Town. It's also when we sort of know that normally in previous years we would say this is the last sort of gasp of, of the of the, of the <laughs> year and the season and we can all relax after this but we can't do that anymore now that we're in it, Europe. Um, in, in fact brendan remember there used to be an email that used to come out of the sri office saying making it quite clear sri office will be closing from like uh <laughs> december 12 and only reopen on like the 28th of january or some silly yeah. date uh no longer the case <laughs> no longer the case. Those days are gone, sir. Rugby now is played throughout the year. Yeah. Now I think we've all got the same problem. We all look at this used to be the time where you look forward to being on the beach for a couple of weeks or you're going on holiday or something. And now now you're working against it. Now you don't really get time to go um time off because in June, July, where the European season breaks, now we're all um, doing tests at that stage. So we're all pretty busy. You as well, Marlon. So, um, absolutely. You know, a bit of a transition there. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a mindset change. But, you know, when you love this game, this game becomes part of your life, man. So we actually enjoy it, eh, Brendan? Um, we, we all secretly kind of love being on the side of a rugby field, man, whether it's summer, winter, we, we're there, man. You're one of the lucky people that have those uh, special numbers on your accreditation that allows you to be on the side of the field. Obviously, it means you have to do work. I don't I don't mean that that you're obviously standing around just watching the rugby, but you run around. We've watched you run around. Uh, what's a typical week for you like in this style with the Cape Town Sevens on hand? Yeah. So, Brendan, this, this is the final, you know, the final few days before the big showdown. And and um, this is the epitome of, you know, of the planning. It all comes down to this week, you know. There's not much you can do in this week other than just implement what you've been planning and, and working on for months, if not uh, years already. Um, but uh, the entire contingent from World Rugby has now arrived in Cape Town. So from referees to uh, logistics and medical and the players and team management, they're all here and everybody wants something. So you're on beck and, beck and call 
you know, whether it's something as simple as ice or getting directions to a training field or getting the guys at Cape Town Stadium for a quick run around to, to understand where the facilities are, their change rooms. So, so it's pretty much just facilitating and handing over to the World Rugby team at, 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 for quite time consuming. And then from a sports presentation uh, perspective, this is rehearsals week. So you, we only get a certain allotted time inside that stadium. And to make matters worse, you only get a certain allotted time to make some noise. Uh, so your noise exemptions kick in at a very specific time. And the, the stadium is run like clockwork. So when those guys need the field for either the markings on the, on, on the, you know, the logo markings on the field or, or the lines and, 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 and even the, uh, the sponsor logos on the field or the trimming, they need to get on there. There's a, there's a time. So, so everything is run like a very tight ship. You know, you've got X amount of time on that field. You've got X amount of time on the stages to do your rehearsals and sound checks and to get everything absolutely perfect. We've got a bowl, to, uh, two swimming, swimming, swimming pools uh, inside of that bowl, and then four additional swimming pools on the concourse. So it's all going down, and the, the wind is not helping us. The wind in Cape Town is 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 affecting a little bit of uh, some of the bowls there, uh, guys. So so guys are working through the nightmare, but it's it's what we do. I was about to ask about, uh, you know, a, a nightmare sort of scenario for you in the build-up and also during the event. I mean, I remember the, was it the World Cup uh, Sevens, where the wind yeah. was, um, it played, it made its presence felt. I mean, you would sort yeah. of just turn a corner somewhere and then suddenly um, off goes your ice cream or your packet of chips. You think it's a seagull. No, it's the wind. <laughs> Yeah, you know, uh, so so we we build these massive uh, big screens. We call them the Megatrons. Uh, it's the biggest screen in sports entertainment uh, in, in South African sport in terms of the, the history, really, of sport in South Africa. And uh, there's a head of safety and security at the city by the name of Andre Okamp. If you've ever had the pleasure of meeting him, you'll know he. this is a serious guy. You know, he emits, he's got four walkie-talkies, three cell phones and, you know, he's talking to the president and everybody at the same time. He is the final authority. So he inspects absolutely everything in that stadium, you know, and, and on the eve of opening up uh, the Megatron at, at the very first uh, Cape Town Sevens when we built, um, he wasn't happy with the type of hinges and screws that we use to keep the LEDs in place. Um, because the those screws and hinges could only take winds up to 100 kilometers. And he wanted hinges that could take winds up to 200 kilometers. So we had to import uh, screws and hinges from Johannesburg on the eve of, of the night and have a team work through the night and fit these screws onto every one of those panels um, until Andre eventually signed off on, on Saturday morning, giving us the go-ahead to turn on the Megatron. So, so they look at absolutely everything. It causes a lot of stress in our world, obviously, um, but they look at everything, man. Um, and uh, they're quite pedantic, quite particular, extremely thorough. Um, yeah, but they, uh, we call them the party killers, um, but, but they've all got a job to play, man. Yeah, it, se it seems like pedantic sort of overkill, but I suppose the alternative is that if something goes wrong, you know, he's got to, he's got to account for all that. So, Rather be 100% sure and, and rather that nothing can ever happen 
Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, the, the one thing about the sevens, which, and I, I think we, I want to ask the, the controversial question. And we spoke about this the other day when I was in Cape Town and I saw you. Um, but the World Cup sevens, how much, how much did it, was their brand damage? Yes. How much did it hurt the Cape Town <laughs> sevens as a brand? Look, uh, to be fair, guys, I, I think this is pretty informal research that we've done just in the feedback we've received in writing via email. Um, I think the fact that we've had a World Cup which saw a hundred, over 100,000 people attend an event and then just two and a half months later host an additional Cape Town Sevens event, I think when you say hurt the brand, I think the, the, the brand was somewhat saturated in, in, in it was a bit of an overload of sevens. Oh. And I think the format, and it's pretty, you know, while it's openly known that the format of the World Cup is very different. It, it has a very unique format. And I think that our spectators found that a bit challenging in that uh, the Blitzbox get to play once a day and only at 10 o'clock at night. Mm. And that that is hard. That That's harsh. You, you Brendan, you mentioned the... The weather, uh, uh, oh, sorry, Liam, you mentioned the weather uh, uh, during that World Cup. It wasn't the greatest. So the experience wasn't uh, on par with what the Cape Town Sevens of old presented the fan. So I think uh, the fan experienced something different, uh, something unique. I think the show and, and the rugby on display was great. Um, uh, uh, but, but I think in, in, in comparison to the Cape Town Sevens spectacle, it was different. Um, uh, and, and unique. So if we're looking at um, some of the changes that have been made this year, and I think World Rugby have recognized that it, it wasn't as effective as they'd hoped it to be. So they've made some significant changes now, uh, Brendan. You know, the Cape Town or the Seven Series has now gone back to two days in Cape Town, which I personally think is a massive win. I think the the the, the, the old Cape Town Sevens of old is, is, is now firmly returning. We've got shorter days. Um, it's a lot more, uh, you know, it's a, it's, it's a quicker, quicker format, a quicker event. And the, then the other big changes, which I think is quite unique, having seen the, the Dubai Sevens last week, is that no more draws. Uh, are, are, you know, if, you, if, you, if you're at level pickings uh, in a game, you play sudden death or golden point, as, as they call it. And, and then they've reduced the pools from, from 16 to 12 which sees us returning to somewhat of a strength versus strength format. Um, so you've always got sort of exciting games happening. I, I think it's a, it's a little bit disappointing that we are the only African team uh, amongst the 12 participating uh, men's nations now. Um, but again, you've got this uh, a lot more on the line. It's strength versus strength. We've seen the Blitzbox take on New Zealand and Fiji uh, in Dubai and Australia and those are blockbusters, you know, blockbusters. I think the fans are in for a, a hell of an exciting tournament this 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 weekend. Can you give us a sense of um, excitement and, and, and how ticket sales went? I mean, are you on par with what you experienced, say, two, three years ago? I think we're on par with where we were in World Rugby when we hosted the World Cup. Um, so that, that Cape Town Sevens, um, we, we saw us get very close to 100,000 fans. I, I think we... We, we, we hit that mark. We will be hitting that mark. Uh, and I think the fact that the Blitzbox played so exceptionally well in Dubai, man, uh, has, has seen a significant jump in ticket sales this week. Uh, so our daily sales have now doubled, um, you know, since since that, that big win on, on Sunday. So we're looking pretty, looking pretty. 
I was going to say, because, I, mean, the, 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 I mean, first of all, in the format, I agree with you. It's, it's a lot more intense now uh, and less teams. And plus, it feels like the women's rugby's got a place now. And that Friday, which was always your most difficult day to sell anyway, because people are still mm-hmm. in um, Yeah. And, but I think, I think I was wondering how much, if, if any, sort of effect the, the whole sort of 15s rugby. I know it's a different game and people come for a different experience. But um, the, the, the fact that there's Champions Cup games on and the Stormers play this weekend overseas, Bulls play mm-hmm. Saracens, some big games coming on this weekend, how that affects have, – have you guys seen an effect of that? Or don't you think it really – that the crossover is not really there? Yeah. So, Ben, I, I've, I've, our research has shown us that um, there are fans who love sevens more than they do fifteens. And those fans are quite religious uh, and dogmatic in their, in their support. They travel around the world with, with the Blots box, um, in this exciting brand of rugby. And, and then we find that there are, are fans who, who wear their Springbok 15s jersey when they come. They are massive rugby fans. And then we get, we get the party fan who are there for, man, uh, if, if it wasn't rugby, if it was soccer, they'd still be there. They're there for the party and the festive and the atmosphere that, that Sevens rugby brings and the costume wearing. Um, but we we are looking at ways of, from a South African perspective, one of our objectives is to, I don't want to use the word merge, we certainly don't want to merge the two brands, but we want to have some sort of crossover between the two properties. You've got Kirtley Ardens, uh, uh, you've got Kwaka, who have played, uh, you know, Sevens Rugby, and they've gone on to make successful careers in the 15s uh, uh, brand of the game. And there will be others who, who, who you know, in, in this team now who will make that crossover. So we are trying to blend the two properties. And 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 this weekend, you know, you'll see some familiar 15s faces pop up at the event in a formal capacity. Uh, and a certain Mr. Uh, or a certain Mr. Uh, Sir Webb Ellis will make a, 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 an appearance at at the at the at the game over the weekend as well. So that'll be a nice coup. Um, and, and, and the idea is to celebrate rugby, you know, ce- celebrate South African rugby. And I think we will get there, man. Some exciting stuff lined up, Brendan. And in terms of entertainment, obviously Sevens is very much geared to that. Um, do you have anything different this year? Because uh, there's always there's always vibe and there's always chiss at that event. And it's something that even if you're watching it on television, uh, you think, hell, I should have made the effort to go down or whatever, you know? Um, so, yeah. you know, what do you have in store? So, so Liam, th- this year is, I mean, when I say the, it's it's the best we've ever had, um, it, it certain, certainly is. We've got 40 acts uh, over the weekend, 40 different musical acts, whereas in years gone by, we probably had about 10, you know, 10 would be a big number. So while the rugby is happening this this year, there are stages built around the podium um, for fans to be engaged uh, in in various different acts. So names like DJ Zintle and uh, uh, Jack Parrow, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll let you guys in on a, on a little. Not quite sure if you know who Tyler is, um, South African yeah. artist with a big track called Water. Yeah, she's big at the and moment. We, Huge exceptionally big and 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 we we were in advanced talks with Tyler headlining the 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 show on Saturday Saturday is known as our our party day uh Sunday is known as our entertainment day so we were going to close off this party with a, a a massive performance by Tyler and as I said we were in quite advanced talks uh with uh, around contracts and 
changing contracts. Um, and we were, you know, she was poised to sign. And in that week, she was announced to be, uh, she got a Grammy nomination. And unfortunately, they came back with a price uh, that uh, <laughs> <laughs> that had not only doubled, but had gone to the uh, supernatural um <laughs> And unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, exactly. you mean you mean you mean she got there swiftly. <laughs> you know, you 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 mentioned something swiftly. So, one of the the big bosses at, at World Rugby, when we said, "Listen, we're getting Pyla to headline at this event," he said, "Get her, whatever the price. You know, you make sure you get her." And then a, a, a meeting later, we found out that he told his kids, "You won't believe who's coming to the Cape Town Sevens. Taylor Swift. They've just signed Taylor Swift." <laughs> We're like, no, sir. It is Tyler. Wow. <laughs> and uh, big hit, big hit from uh, Cold Water. But sadly, uh, regrettably, we were unable to secure uh, 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 Tyler or Taylor Swift. But we've got um, we've got some big names, some big entertainment. As I said, 40 acts over those two days is quite a bit. Um, so, yeah, it's a hell of a show, guys. Going to uh, be a big one. I, I was asking, I mean, the, the one thing also just from a rugby point of view, th- this is also the first time that the new stadium pitch is going to be used. Um, yeah. There was so much talk about that in URC in the last couple of weeks in URC uh, right. last season. So, I mean, how's that looking? I mean, that must be, I think that's quite exciting as well. So this is the first rugby game with a new pitch. The the, the Stormers were playing out in Stellenbosch. Um, so the, 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 there was one soccer match that took place uh, at, at the end. It's absolutely zero damage to the pitch. They had a scrum session. Uh, a forward session for the Stormers on the pitch uh, last week. And it held up tremendously well. Not a single marking, not a single, uh, you know, patch of grass uh, uh, came undone. So it's looking solid at, at first glance. I had a walk around yesterday. Vis- visually, it's it's also looking superb. I mean, it's green, it's lush, um, solid underfoot. So I think you get, you know, where, where in the past you had so many players slipping, even though they were using the the, the largest studs. I think we're in for a, uh, you know, the, the turf is playing extremely quickly, and and we're in for some some really good rugby and and the welcome return of a guy like uh, Roscoe Speckman, and then the new lad Tewin uh, Nokia uh, in, in the Blitzbox. So I think you're going to see some some scintillating speed uh, speedsters at at play on uh, this weekend. All of this, of course, will come as cold comfort to Stephen Kitzoff. Uh, so maybe you should send him some pictures, uh, you know, of what this new pitch looks like. Looks like, yeah. yeah so he's, he's in much colder weather now trying to scrum in those pitches. So. Yeah. Um, good luck, um, good luck, team. I, I think we, we probably all what we'd want his salary as well, so. Marlon, the other things, man. And listen, good luck. I know you got lots to do, so we're not going to keep you too long. But, uh, yeah, good luck, and hopefully it's all a success. Yeah, man. What a pleasure, man. Brendan, Liam, uh, you guys enjoy the sun. Have a cold one. And let us know what you thought of the new format and, and the event, man. Looking forward to it. Yeah, it's um, yeah. we'll have to watch it on television, unfortunately. But uh, that is the way the media operates these days. But yeah, uh-huh. uh, you guys are fun. And um, yeah, I wish you every success. You're with Brendan Nell and Liam Delcom on the To The Last Drop podcast. Okay, yeah, and the other big thing this weekend, Liam, is uh, uh, the European, well, it's no longer the European, the EPCR, I think we should be calling it, um, oh. trophies, uh, the Investec Champions Cup. Um, 
which has got a new sponsor, Investec, obviously, this week. And uh, uh, it was the Heineken Cup before, as everyone knew it, but now a new name. And then the EPCR Challenge Cup, which is the second-tier competition for those people who, who aren't familiar with these competitions, is the, basically the two old European Cup uh, competitions. But obviously, with us in, it can't be European anymore. Um, yeah, so our team's two teams in the, in the Champions Cup, uh, the Stormers and the Bulls. The other teams, the Lions and the Sharks, didn't qualify for that tournament. They just qualified for the Challenge Cup. And the Cheetahs are one of the invited teams in the Challenge Cup. So that's, that we've got five teams playing this weekend. Uh, a couple of interesting other matchups we'll talk about as well, uh, very briefly. But yeah, just let's have a look at as, as they go, as you plan your Saturday. Uh, if you're going to be watching the rugby between the sevens, uh, your, your first game that will come up is, uh, Zebra Cheetahs. And I think, you know, for the Cheetahs coming into, into, uh, EPCR Challenge Cup action, uh, this is probably a very favorable draw for them. Um, look, they, they've been out of this sort of level of competition for a while now. They had the games against the Western Force, very uh, low key games against them in the Curry Cup. Uh, and, um, but I mean, if you want to play anybody in Challenge Cup, uh, I think, yeah, they know Zebra. They know the field. They used it as their home base last year, uh, Zebra's. Mm. So, um, I, I think Cheetahs probably would be hoping for a good result here. Yeah, I was going to make the point that they, they are used to doing these trips. Uh, it's not unfamiliar territory for them. And if they can hit the deck running, I know they've been out of it for a little while, but if they can hit the deck running, that's one game that they will certainly, uh, with it, it will be well within their compass of winning. Um, I'm, I'm expecting a solid performance from them. And it's, they, you know, it's also one of those things where you know, the cheaters obviously just want to make an impression and they want to show that they belong. So um, I'd rather fancy them. Yeah, and I think the other thing that's also interesting is um, Rewan Kruger and Daniel Cassenda and a couple, and there was one other guy, um, all played for the Ospreys a couple of games, and uh, so they were over there, so they've got some European experience. And then you, you Rewan Pinar, who's still going at the age of 65. <laughs> um, no, I should be. Rewan's not that old. He's only about 60 now. Uh, but uh, he still tends to put, put in these amazing performances despite his age. And... Um, yeah, if he's on song, then usually the cheetahs on song. Yeah, uh, they will have to look like a you know at a play like Pinar to 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 tick them over. Uh, he makes good decisions all the time. I mean, it's that's probably the most amazing thing about him. Um, and and he executes. I mean, that kicking game is still as solid as it was. Jeez, uh, I almost said twenty years ago. Um, yeah, fifteen years ago. <laughs> it is almost basically, isn't it? Uh, okay, well, this one I think we—it's going to be a close game, but I think we both probably—I don't know about you, them. I think I'm sensing we both going to probably go for a che- for a cheaters win. Yeah, I'll go. Um, but I'll probably go within cheaters, seven, both, yeah. open game, lots of tries, reckon, and yeah, cheaters between yeah six six to eight points, I reckon. Yeah. Uh, the next game is an interesting one. The one straight after that is the Hollywood Bet Sharks, as they call themselves nowadays, um, against Section Paloa. I'm not sure if I, or Pau, as we all know. Polos. Polos, okay. Uh, a Po. Po, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and this is a difficult one because, first of all, I mean, what, what we've seen in, in European action in the last couple of years, the French sides are, are, are French, uh, in that they, a lot of the times they treat away games almost as if they don't exist. They send almost second string sides. And we haven't seen the, the side that they've sent out to South Africa yet. So you're not sure how many of their first choice players are playing. And then in the contrast, you've got a shark side. Uh, I don't think it'd be too harsh saying they're in a bit of turmoil at the moment. They, they don't seem to know what sort of rugby they want to play. 
and they look very unsure of themselves and very sort of low on confidence. Mm. Yeah, it's one of those where they may not have those building blocks in place yet. Uh, there is, yeah, there is very much a sort of a lack of identity or uh, a clear identity. But uh, given the talent that they've assembled there, uh, uh, you know, this is a, a it will have to be a backs to the wall kind of performance, uh, given what's happened in the recent weeks. And I, I expect them. Um, you know, the guys to dig deep and, and, and win this game and win it well. You made the point about uh, French teams and the way they travel. Um, their focus always is the top 14. Um, if, if you're not, if you're not a, a, a Toulouse uh, at, you know, at the top of the tree, uh, or, or uh, uh, sometimes in some seasons, Clément, in some seasons, maybe uh, Toulon, um, if you're not if you're not competing at the, the the sharp end, then they tend to treat these games, especially away ones, as as ones where they can just develop the squad and and preserve their their big guns for for top fourteen engagement. So um, yeah, uh, I think the Sharks will win well here. Yeah, yeah I, I, I mean, I remember last season as we saw it with Lyon when they came out, they literally played two different teams. Uh, totally different match 23 when they met the Bulls in Pretoria than when they saw them again in, in Lyon. Um, so yeah, you, you see it quite, I agree. I think the Sharks, uh, the only thing that question to me is just how deep is that the problems that the Sharks have at the moment. And, um, and there's an, a certain existential angst that sort of comes when your team's doing badly that you almost try too hard to get it right. And they're obviously going through a lot of changes. And but I mean, there's yeah. obviously I know there was a couple of meetings we heard that this week and Durban sort of shareholders meetings and please explain meetings, and yeah, uh, yeah, that's the only thing that sometimes when you're in that situation, you try oh. so hard to get yourself out of that situation that you end up making a bigger mess. And I'm hoping that's obviously not the case for the Sharks because we need a strong Sharks team, oh. and those Bok players and, and those players around them need to feed off that energy and. We didn't see that at Lofton. So I, I think we're going to get a, a good Sharks win, but I think it's going to be a bit disjointed. But at the moment, that, I think that's what they need more than anything else. Mm. Yeah, I think they, their talent will just pull them through in this one. I mean, that's that's basically what, at this stage, what they can call on. Yeah. Uh, then, obviously, Saturday night's big, big, big one at Loftus as well. The very informed bull side at the moment uh, against a Owen Farrell-led uh, Saracens. And all indications are that we're going to see – we haven't seen the team yet, but we, that we're going to see Owen Farrell back. And given that, yeah, obviously, he withdrew from last week's game and withdrew from the England squad as well because of, to take time out for his family and, and for his own mental health, uh, it's going to be a very interesting thing to see the Saracen side and what they put on the field because you know, they're certainly a team of internationals. They're certainly a team. They're premiership champions. They can put it together. Uh, and how much of it will be to play for Owen? So um, Bulls have never mm. lost against since we've entered Europe, um, never lost against overseas opposition. Uh, so that should be interesting as well. So, I mean, a, a, a fascinating game loading at Loftus. Mm. Yeah, there were two games that stood out when the draw was made, and this was uh, from a South African perspective. And this was one of them, and the name Owen Farrell immediately sort of popped up. Um, it's probably also a game that he would really want to involve himself in. Um, you know, he's, he's achieved so much in the sport, um, uh, achieving a win at Loftus for his, um, for his beloved club, uh, probably a thing that he's wanted to achieve uh, for a while. So, um, 
you know, it's, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a tough ask for Sarans. Uh, you know, they, they are a team that uh, has tasted uh, glory uh, in this competition on, on a number of occasions, a few occasions. Um, but the, these are different times. And, 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 and it, you know, it, winning the competition now is slightly different to what it was when they last won it. So traveling to Loftus uh, will be a challenge for them. I think that momentum the Bulls are on is a very, very difficult thing to break at Loftus. Um, and I predict a tough afternoon for Sanderson's or a tough evening. Yeah, of course, what makes it even worse is is you know, they experiencing coming from, I think they played in seven-degree uh, weather last week mm-hmm. where they lost uh, to Northampton, uh, lost lost the game, and they, I think it was a five-game winning streak that was broken. Um, yeah, and they come in Pretoria this week has been, what, 34, 35 degrees? Now, they are playing at 7.30 at night, so it won't be that hot then, but it'll be in the mid-20s probably. And there's thunderstorms also predicted for uh, Pretoria oh. late afternoon and evening, which could also play a very interesting part in the game. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of factors they have to overcome. And at altitude, in the heat, um, and if you, if you play a tempo game, it probably would be their, their, their choice to try and run Saracens a bit off their feet and, and hope that they tire very quickly. So in a lot of ways, this is going to be very fascinating to see how Saracens and Owen Farrell in particular sort of approach this game. Yeah, I, I think the Bulls will be, uh, especially up front, I think they'll be rampant. Unless they do silly things, be you know, behind the pack and don't play the territorial game they're supposed to play. Um, or, or commit silly errors. I, 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 I think there's 18, 19 points between these two sides this weekend mm. in the favour of the Bulls. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, but to me, I think the big question is what side Sarancisms pick because it'll be closer for me if if there's a Mauro Toje and the Jamie George and the and the Vunipolas and yeah those guys there. But um, yeah, the, the Bulls at Loftus when they get on a, a rampage, they're hard to stop. So I also see a Bulls victory probably by about ten points. I'll go a bit more conservatively than you there. So. <laughs> okay. um, yeah, and that's and that's Saturday night fixtures, and then uh, Sunday uh, we start off again with. Uh, I'm just looking here for the the fixture Sunday. The Lions play Perpignan away. Uh, Marvin Ori's team, and I'm sure we'll see Marvin being in on that uh, on that game in in the, in the team to face the Lions. Um, an interesting one for the Lions because Perpignan will on pretty decent run in top fourteen at the moment, and. Um, Lions are also in a pretty decent form at the moment, so um, uh, interesting to see how the Lions go overseas. Uh, yeah, I was under the impression that Perpignan was struggling a bit. Uh, aren't they? I think they second last. Uh, They've had a on couple the of wins in the last couple of weeks, so yeah. Yeah, so um, I, I still think that they, you know, in terms of the quality of the the top fourteen, they are very much uh, sort of. Uh, you know, not not quite bottom of the battle, but but close to it. And I think the Lions will um, will rather relish going there. Um, they the, the, it was explained to us they travel challenges again, uh, a much changed uh, side. I think if they took their their front line twenty three, um, it would have been a very easy game to predict. But it's a much uh, changed line side, and of course, uh, playing in France in front of uh, passionate home support, no doubt they are very passionate in in that part of France. Um, that might provide a challenge. Um, the Lions fly into Barcelona. Um, they touch down there, and then there's a two two hour and a bit bus ride to Perpignan. Um, on top of this, so yeah, you know they've got a few challenges, but um, you know, it, and it, it's 
as I said earlier, I mean, it would have been an easy one to predict that they had the best 23 there, but that's not the case. So um, it might be tight, but I think the, the home side will probably prevail in this one. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just look here, I see I am wrong. They are second bot from bottom. They've only won two games this season, mm, but those two up, games yeah. came in their last four games. So, um, mm. the, I think that's what more was I was referring to. But yeah, interesting to mm. see Montpellier is right at the bottom, won one game. So, Corpus yeah. Rock's team is not really doing that well. But, uh, yeah, mm. I, I agree with you. It's a difficult one to call if the Lions have their top guys there, but a uh, Yaku Fasaki, Red Lions, and all the fringe players. You're not quite sure what to expect, so I'd say probably advantage yeah. you're there, and um, probably probably a only by virtue of home ground advantage. Really. Yeah, I mean not not by much else. But it'll tell us also a lot about the Lions' depth, and I mean I think we, yeah. at some mm. other stage we can talk about that. There's been one of the Lions' problems in the last year is that they've focused mm. too heavily on their match day 23 and haven't rotated enough. So it's good to see them using that, and uh, so it'd be interesting mm. to see how some of those players go. Uh, and then, it's, and then- it's, it's interesting in that they they've got uh, Newcastle Falcons in the next one at home. Uh, Newcastle going through all kinds of strife themselves, mm-hmm. um, so it'll be very interesting to see how they uh, you know assemble their squad um, if they assemble anything at all for for that game. Yeah, um, and then the, the final game, the Stormers going up against the Easter Tigers. Uh, I think this is one of those that uh, John Dobson's been quite clear. They face La Rochelle next week. Um, yeah. Huge, big game in Cape Town. They're not going to send any of their big guns to this this game. Um, I think they've learned their lesson in the past by trying to you know, stretch their squad too much. Um, so we're going to probably see a second string um, uh, Stormer side, uh, a Leicester Tiger side with Andre Pollard, Jasper Visa, Andre Liebenberg, a um, bunch of South Africans, a bunch of World Cup winners there. Um, yeah, and and uh, I think that's going to be quite easily. 10 to 15 points in Leicester Tigers' favour there. Um, yeah, if not more, if it's if it's a particularly bad day for the Stormers. Uh, yeah, look, Leicester, at the the best of times, I mean, they are very tough to beat uh, anyway. I mean, if, if, if in, even if they mid-table in the Premiership and the top, uh, you know, the team that at the top of the log goes there, it's, it's still a struggle. So, um, yeah, I, I expect the Stormers to be well up against it. Um, and yeah, as you say, 15, 16 points. Yeah, it might even be more. Yeah. Uh, and then the only other, uh, t- there's, there's one or two other games the weekend worth mentioning, but I mean, the one that we, we obviously will mention is the repeat of, uh, last season's final, the, the Leicester Tiger, uh, Leinster, sorry, Leicester, Leinster, 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 um, La Rochelle game, Stade Rochelle. Um, uh, that should be an interesting one. Although, I mean, it's difficult to tell because yeah, if you look at um, Ronan Agora's side, two weeks ago they got beaten quite heavily by Toulon, and then last mm. week they came back and they won with thirty points again. So the French sides are a bit perplexing in in what they yeah, but I think in European Cup they they pride themselves on winning that, and this is a huge game for them. Yeah, for them now because they're champions, so I've been back to back champions. They obviously don't want to slip off, um, and it's it's going to be difficult. Oh, increasing difficult for them to juggle um, a, a Champions Cup and and top fourteen because obviously top fourteen is a, is a competition they haven't won um, so that is the the big carrot that they're chasing so it'll be interesting to see how the you know Agara mixes and matches his side over the coming weeks or you know throughout the season actually um, it's it's a tough one to call I mean usually home ground advantage accounts for an awful lot there. Um, 
and but having said that, um, you know, in their most recent final, La Rochelle <laughs> certainly did the business away yeah. from them. And and the thing is as well, I mean, and it's weird saying this, but you almost felt that Leinster probably haven't hit their straps yet in the URC, even though they're top of the lock, even though they, they're mm. winning. Um, and, yeah. and how much influence Jacques Ninaba has been able to have since he's got there as well. Um, mm. It makes it a fascinating game to watch as well. And I mean, certainly when I still, I still think though, if, if we're talking about full strength squads, um, I, I'd probably also say La Rochelle's very dangerous wherever they play at the moment. They've got such quality around the, the park there. So, mm. um, yeah, interesting. I, I think for this one, and because it's a, it's, it's still early days in the competition, for this one, uh, you'd have to favor the home side um, yeah. and maybe heavily so because, um, you know, if you're the, the, the traveling side, you can still. You know, there's still some home games to yeah. to make and up I, lost ground. You know, obviously, all that depends on squad selection. So yeah, I probably, mm. I, I w- if it's a full screen squad, I'd probably go for La Rochelle. But if it's if it's not, um, then the by you know a good 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 bunch of points. Um, and the only other game I think worth mentioning is a lot of other games going on there, and we'll uh, we got, we don't have time to go all of them. But the the side I feel the most sorry for this weekend, and again, um, it depends on squad selection, is Cardiff going to Toulouse. Um, I think mm. it might be a very long afternoon for Cardiff. So um, mm. the well side, yeah, they're in for the, the moment. So they may be in for the Blues there. I think uh, to lose a very difficult nut to crack at home. Um, of course, they are European Champions Cup royalty, um, uh, long and distinguished uh, uh, trail of success in the, the top fourteen and the, the Champions Cup. So yeah, I, I think a tough day for 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 Cardiff. Yeah, and that's all we have time for now. Um, should, we'll be reviewing all that, and we've got a bumper uh, program for next week, uh, which we, we won't reveal just yet. But we had a very fun afternoon uh, yesterday, and um, once we 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 cut that and, and we we sorted a bit out and edited a bit, we'll have a great. <laughs> There's a bit to cut. <laughs> There's a bit to cut. There's a lot. We had a very very good afternoon yesterday at Pirates Rugby Club, so um, you know, that'll be all next week in the in the pod. So have a look out for that. But thanks for joining us and enjoy the sevens and enjoy the the, the Champions Cup action. Thanks for listening. And a reminder, you can find all the To The Last Drop podcasts on the Brendan Nell YouTube channel, iono.fm, Spotify, player.fm, Pocket Casts, Google Podcasts, and iTunes, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts.